Good morning and Merry Christmas. Good morning. Merry Christmas, everyone. This is Coffee with the Sarlos, and I'm Kelly. I'm Karen. As promised, we're bringing you our special edition Christmas show. And Karen, we've got another heartwarming story today. We do. Are we doing show notes first or are we sliding right into the story? Yes. Okay. In the spirit of the holiday, I'm not being a very good businesswoman, am I? (laughs) That's okay. Just excited to give. But if you do want to give, we have tickets available for our Evening with Medium events coming up in 2019. The dates are April 26th, August 23rd, and December 13th. Tickets are on sale at the website by sarlo.com. Where you can also find coffee mugs if you're looking for a small item. They're $15 and can be purchased only on the website. In somewhat sad news, um, we will not be continuing our Sips of Sanity into the new year. Mm -hmm. It is something that we feel really torn up about. Um, We've had a ton of fun, a ton of pleasure bringing those shows to everyone. It was our shorter podcast series bringing kind of an emotional and intuitive toolbox for everyone. Um, But it just hasn't got the numbers. Mm Mm-hmm. So statistically, I guess it's going to be a better use of our time to do more of these. But they will still be on the website in archives. Yes, we won't take them away. So people can still access them as far back as when they've started. So they sit there forever for you. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, great. So people still have loads of things that they can find on the website that are free that can help them. And of course, there are always gift certificates available uh, for personal sessions. You can purchase a gift certificate at any denomination, and you can receive your session from anywhere in the world via telephone, Skype, or FaceTime. Speaking of which, we're going to step right into the show because this client story comes with a real live human being. So this is not medium. So they're calling in by telephone and they're not using FaceTime or Skype, so I cannot see them. This gentleman has booked an hour, Kelly, and in his very first session, he really didn't know what he was looking for. He said he didn't really believe in this. He was just referred by some friends in another country, and he thought he would give it a try just to give it a go because he trusted his friends. And his friends knew that he was going through a hard time. So this is what he says. I'm going through a difficult time, Karen, and they just told me to give you a call and that you were going to be able to help me. So I'm just going to give you consent and I'm going to say open because that's what I was instructed to say. Go open and she's just going to know what to tell you. Well, that's a huge compliment to the friends to trust them that innately. Yeah. And a huge compliment by the friends to you. Yeah. All right. So we just stepped right into it and I said, okay, I'm going to be quiet for a little while. I'm just going to listen to your spirit guides and I'll tell you what I get. If I cross any boundaries, you stop me. If it doesn't meet your needs, you stop me. If you want to direct it and ask questions, you are welcome to jump in and direct and ask your questions or just steer it by saying, what do you get about? And in a certain area. And he said, okay, I get it. I understand the parameters and what I can do. Thank you. I'm going to sit back and record this and not write notes. He says, I'm just going to be a listener. So I said, okay. So he's ready to go. And I've got my doodle pad ready sitting in front of me for whatever comes through for me. I'm pausing. I'm just doing my silence with him, listening to the spirit guides and watching. So like a TV screen, I'm watching and seeing what he's been going through in his life. And I see that he has a child, a daughter. I see that he's married and that his wife is pretty petite. I see that he's a fairly small built man as well with dark hair clean shaven 
And I watch in this little movie, so to speak, this TV in front of me, how he and his wife are not getting along. And I see them arguing. I see it lying. And by lying, where they're standing there, I'm going to correct that and say I feel lying instead of I see lying. Because I want people to understand that it's many senses. So I feel betrayed. And when I look at the scene, I don't know whose betrayal it is. But I feel it. So I have to ask the spirit guides, whose betrayal am I feeling? Hers, his, or the daughter's? And I understand that it's all three. So it fills me up. And because I feel filled up, Kelly, I'm assuming it's all three of them. So now I have to ask him if that's correct. So I start and I just lead right in and I say, you're married, you have a daughter and you and your wife are unhappy fighting and you're both looking to go your own separate ways, but you're trying to figure out what you should do because there's a child. And I see that she's a child, not a baby. This is like about two, three years old. And he said, well, all of that's correct. And he said, so keep going. And I said, well, you feel betrayed by your wife because she's no longer present in the relationship. It's not an affair, but you feel betrayed. And he said, absolutely. And I said, but she feels betrayed too. And you actually are the one that has sexually betrayed her. And he said, well, shit. Isn't that interesting, Kel, that he feels betrayed by her because she's not in the relationship and can't put it together in his head that she would feel betrayed because he's having sex with other women? Like currently? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, not in any kind of defense, I could understand where he could feel betrayal if she chose to stay knowing he had the affair. Because if that person chooses to stay... I would assume that they're saying, I want to be here and I want to try. But then to be, or to continue to be absent would hurt as well. Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head as to what's happening. However, the fact that it's continuous cheating and he's mad that she's mad, that's just messed up. Yes. And he doesn't understand that it's messed up. Oh, okay. He can't understand it. So in his own mind, he's just saying to me, yeah, that's all correct. But you can hear his... Well, no. now knowing you, at some point in this session, I'm assuming you use the words you have an emotional intelligence of a two-year-old. Yes. Yeah. I know my mom. Yes. Because he can only figure things out to suit his own needs. Yeah. He sounds like a me, me, me. Yes. So being told that he has the emotional intelligence of a two-year-old is something that doesn't sit well with him. So there's a long pause and I can feel his anger. I can feel his frustration, Kelly. And I can somehow understand when I feel all of these things that he doesn't want to lose control. He doesn't want to understand because it will mean that he has to accept a different reality. Good. Hopefully people heard that. I don't want to understand because then I'll have to accept a different reality. So if you are feeling stuck in the relationship or you're in it and absent, the other person cannot 
understand it, will not choose to understand it. When I explain all of this to him, again, he takes his pauses. He takes his silence to listen. So I have to check in because this is telephone. Mm. Then I decide that I'm just going to remote view him so that I can see his reactions. So that I can say to him, I see your face. I see that you have a sour look. I see that you're folding your arms over your chest now. And he freaked out. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah. This is where I think the spirit guides allowing us to use so many different gifts hold somebody accountable because he knows that as soon as I say, oh, you folded your arms over your chest right now. And he goes, ah, uh, yeah. you, you can hear the ah. Uh, uh, uh. I think this is funny. People are probably like, this is supposed to be heartwarming. <laughs> well, we're going to get Stay there. with us. <laughs> yeah. So those little affirmations of saying you crossed your arms over your chest don't come because he says, what am I doing right now? In a testing way, right, which some clients do, but in his way, the guides just give it to me because it's something he needs. So he can move forward yes. and not stay stuck in the message he doesn't like. That's right. He can get an affirmation that he can physically see and know he just did. Right. And then he can just let you continue. Yes. Excellent. And, and now he's sitting there going, oh, shit. I'm listening. And that's the point is that he now engages in the listening to actually see if it's true. And it brings him to that sense of, if she knows this about me, then these other things are true too. Mm -hmm. And this man bothers to make those connections. Whereas some people, again, won't bother making that connection. Mm -hmm. Well, it reminds me of the story from the Capitol Center when you felt someone's hemorrhoids. Yeah. And she just flat out said to you, well, honey, if you can feel them, you better be able to heal them. Yes. Or I believe you'll, you'll be able to. That's right. And the other people in the audience at the end of the evening saying, hey, lady, how are your hemorrhoids? Because they still needed to know mm -hmm. because it wasn't their experience. So going back to him, he's truly having his own experience with his soul, with his spirit guides. Everybody on the other side all aspects of himself to hold him accountable in a very different way than I think therapy oh, or yeah. mom and dad can or your friend who tells you you're being a jerk can mm. or maybe the friends that know that you're having the affairs that you're fooling around on your wife but don't they're not going to say anything because they don't want to confront you they just want to keep the friendship going mm -hmm. it's what's what I remember Greg Braden lecturing about when he said you're at a choice point Mm -hmm. And he described it as this moment just after you've inhaled, but just before you've exhaled, where the body has this choice to either take a longer inhale or begin the exhale. It's a choice point of what you're going to do next. Mm -hmm. He made, well, you're going to hear it. The whole audience is going to hear that he just made a ton of them. And as our session went on, I chose to continue to remote viewing him because the spirit guides were allowing me. If they choose to stop, I, I don't have permission. And I want people to hear that too in this part of the show because remote viewing comes with permission from the spirit world. You don't just get to sit in my house at 691 Laurentian Avenue 
and decide I'm going to remote view people for the hell of it on a Sunday morning because I have nothing else to do or because I really want to know what my girlfriend's doing right now. No. Do you remember that time you saw me fall over in the shower? Yes. <laughs> I did it last week and I remember falling over thinking, oh, fuck, mom saw that. <laughs> uh, but permission. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just, let's go back to him for a sec. So he was listening. He was engaging. He was trying to figure things out. He comes with an open mind at the very beginning because he trusts his friends, remember? Now we're building trust. Now he's getting connected to me and I'm connected to the spirit world. So we're making a beautiful triangle here and he's doing his listening. I've noticed that I haven't named him yet. And I haven't on purpose because I want all kinds of people to be able to relate to this, whether it's their own story, it might not be an affair. It could mean that they're sitting there listening to this and going, well, my husband didn't have an affair. Well, I didn't. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to wait till it hits that point. So I'm trying not to name him on purpose so that people can sit back and go, well, like any podcast, we've asked people to find pieces of themselves in the stories. So if you've had a moment of feeling betrayed, maybe they didn't keep one of your secrets, or maybe they didn't keep a promise, or maybe, like you said, they're just emotionally not there. Mm -hmm. You can find or relate to what this must feel like, mm -hmm. and then see the choices that he now sees, mm -hmm. and see them for yourself. Mm-hmm. So let's take a step back to the moment that I said you have the emotional intelligence of a two-year-old. And I went back to that and said, do you mind if we sit in that for a moment together? Because this seems to be the key piece that you need to hear today and I don't want to run over it quickly. And he said, okay. I said, do you understand what it means? And he goes, no, I just feel highly insulted and angry. And I said, at me? He goes, well, yeah. And I said, well, then, first of all, you're not understanding what I'm doing yet. Or you've illustrated my point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on. Right. So I said, we're going to go through quickly a book called The Verbally Abusive Relationship by Patricia Evans. In that, if you don't understand the 15 forms of abuse and don't know them, then you don't have the right to say that this is my opinion. You don't have the right to think that this is just coming from me because I don't know you and I don't live in your house and I didn't live in your marriage. So he said, I don't understand what you mean. And I said, that's okay. We're going to take a breath for a second and I'm just going to go through a couple of them with you first and ask you, ask you if you can identify that these have been your behaviors, not hers, yours first. And he goes, okay. And I, so I started and I went through a couple and I talked about withholding. I talked about being able to be an avoider. I talked about things like diverting, changing the subject when she was talking, countering her, arguing just for the sake of arguing, just to get her angry, just to hurt her back. And he went, yes, 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 and yes. Oh, good for him. Oh my God, yes. That's great. And he said, absolutely, I've done all those things, but she's done those to me too. And I said, no problem. So on this piece of paper, we're going to tick off in this column under him, we're going to tick off your four. 
And he goes, okay, but what about her? And I said, yes, under the her column, we're going to tick off all four too. Do you feel better about that? Do you feel justified? And he goes, I get your point. Kelly, when he said, I get your point, I said, what's the point? And he goes, well, what I'm understanding is, is that because one of us did it, the other one did it too. Excellent. Yeah. Tit for tat. Yeah. And I said, so what does that mean to you? And he said, well, it means that I decided to go out and have sex with other women and fool around thinking that she hurt me, but not understanding that you're saying I did it too. I said, okay. So he asked for the name of the book and I gave it to him. Nice. Yeah. And I said, do you want to go through the rest of the 15 forms of abuse? And he goes, <laughs> not today. <laughs> That's enough. Yes. I said, okay. You know what? I, I still think that's great because mm -hmm. it's completely, can be completely healthy for someone in a session to say, no, thank you. I need to process that first. Yes. There's a difference when someone says, no, I want to move on. No, I, I want to go somewhere else. And it's a shutdown versus what you've just illustrated he did in saying, I need to process that before you give me more information. I'm like a little inch forward with oh. intelligence. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I said, well, now you put your feet up on the coffee table. And he goes, <laughs> yes. And I said, but your arms are still crossed. And he goes, oh, my God, Karen. And I said, are you having fun, sweetie? And he just, there's just this nice little quiet second or two and a shift in his energy and a shift in his tone of voice. And he goes, yeah. Yeah, because it's like basically having coffee with you, being called out in a very safe manner and being told at the same time, as hard as this is, I love you and I see you and it can get better. Yeah. And that I'm not judging him. So I would check in and say, do you feel judged? And he'd say, well, by, by whom? And I said, do you feel judged by Karen Sarlo? And he said to me, no, I don't. I thought at the beginning when you brought up the forms of abuse, yes. But when you went through and you illustrated them and you gave me my examples and you, you did the, you said you were writing it all down on the page and you explained what you were doing. No, he says, I I understand that you're not judging me and that you're not counseling me, but that you're just pointing out some resources. You're giving me my examples and I'm feeling safe enough to, to sit here and think, yeah, that's my shit. And I said, does it help you that it's by telephone and not Skype or FaceTime because it's not person to person and uh, seeing each other? And he goes, yeah, that's why I did it. I didn't want you to see me. And I said, so are you okay to stay out of your shaming yourself? And he said, well, I, I think I am shaming myself now, but I somehow feel like it's there and then it passes nice. a little more quickly because I've noticed that I'm okay to hear each one of them and that while I feel badly about it, I'm just sort of seeing it for what it is right now. Yeah, where you can separate the emotion and just be able to observe the facts. Yeah, and I think the telephone helped him do that, which was great. He picked the right method to have a session for him. So, Kelly, that's it for his first session. 
That's it for his first phone call where we just go through more examples because he needs to understand it. He's asking about just the first four forms of abuse, just trying to figure it out. And I now want to say that this guy is around 22 years old. Oh. Yeah. Just a young man. And and maybe it matters for some people. Maybe some will think, why did she say the age? I think it matters. My head goes to, that's a young age to ruin your life. Yep. Because I think, well, certainly when you're in it, you can feel like you have or they have. And not see all of your options. And just feel like I'm stuck in patterns at 22. Absolutely. And okay, I'm going to leave it at that. So that's that part. Thank you for summarizing all of that. And now I'm going to go into session two, which he now chooses through FaceTime. Hmm. Rapport. So he books his second appointment and says he'd like to see me. And I think Kelly, his second appointment was a couple of months later. And so anyway, so he just books it by FaceTime. We go through consent again. And he says, well, I've already seen you before. So um, we're going to go through consent. And yes, let's get started. And I said, well, what are you calling for? Not remembering our first session. And he says to me, well, in the first session, you I just opened it up and you knew what to say to me. <laughs> and I said, well, thank you. Did that help you? And he said, well, yes, it did. That's why I'm back here. And I said, oh, so you're not looking for other stuff. You're looking for a part two type of thing. And he goes, yeah, okay, yes. And I said, well, first of all, the guys are saying that you read the book. And they're saying that you read it quickly because you wanted to move through it fast. You even ordered some other books in the same genre, like in that same area of self-help. And I said, but you're reading the books too quickly because you kind of want to move on and get your answers, but you're not working the tools. And he goes, well, shit. That would be true. I read the book and I ordered other books. How the hell do you know this? Well, the guides are simply telling me what you're doing. They want you to know that they can see you, that they're a witness to your learning. They're a witness to your actions and your thoughts. And he's like, well, holy shit. He says that kind of just changes the way that I'm seeing some things. And I said, well, I hope so. Yeah. I said, that's so good, sweetie. And he goes, okay. He goes, can you just go on then today? I'm just going to sit back. I'm just going to write notes. I'm just going to listen. And I said, well, first of all, it's nice to see you face to face. It's nice to meet you. So I want to acknowledge that he's taken a step here. Mm-hmm. He's taken a leap to say, I might have some shame around what I've done still. I still might have to sit here and know that you know that I'm ha- I'm fooling around on my on my wife. I'm being dishonest to my daughter but I'm willing to sit in front of you because you're not going to judge me about it. You're actually going to help me through it. Mm -hmm. And that's so significant because this is a moment of trust where he's breaking trust. And now he's doing the exact opposite. Yes. With a stranger where he may feel safe because there's an ocean (laughs) between us, but he's still putting himself out there. Kelly, to me, he's sitting face to face with someone saying, This is truly who I am. And so his guide said to him, it's time for you to be fully honest with your wife, to be able to say everything. Because if you think you're going to go forward, 
and you think that you can hide all of this, then there's never any real reason for her to trust you. Or you to trust her. Because when you lie, you assume others are lying. That's right. So you said that, but I, and, and I appreciate that you did, Kelly, but all of that came through in that statement. Sorry. No, that's okay. I just want people to know that both things were said. And that's when he just looked at me and went, well, shit then. You're saying there's no foundation here for the relationship. So part of my question was, do we have a possibility of a future together? And I said, well, now do you know your own answer? And he went, oh, yes, because I'm not allowing one to be built. And I said, that's right. Your pattern is sabotage. There's a nice big long pause there when I say your pattern is sabotage. And he just looks at me and I said, do you understand when your pattern is sabotage that you give her no opportunity in the relationship for success? That you are constantly asking her to fix because you break? And he just looked at me and he says, please go on. And I said, are you okay? Do you really mean that you want me to go on? Do you really understand it? And he says, well, you have synesthesia. Can you tell me if I understand it? And he meant it. So when I checked in with the feeling, no, he can't. I said, oh, hun, you can't. You don't feel it. You're intellectualizing it, but you actually can't feel what you've done to her. And he went, that's right. And I said, can you feel what you've done to yourself? And he goes, well, you tell me. And I said, you can't. And he goes, that's right. What's wrong with me, Karen? What's happened that I can't feel what I've done to her or me or my daughter? That I don't want to think about it, that I can't feel it. And that's where we spent that whole hour, Kelly. That's how that session started. Why can't I feel what I'm doing to another person? Is it that I consciously don't want to? Or is it that something happened in my life? And I said, well, they're showing me your dad. They're showing me when you grew up. And he goes, I think you're going to have to go into that. Because, and I said, don't finish it. Because you've blocked it out and you don't remember. And he goes, I don't remember a lot. He says, so I think I'm going to struggle when you ask me for some affirmations. And I said, that's okay. Because I'll give you the affirmations from childhood. And if you don't recall, I'll pair it with something that's happening to you currently. And he goes, well, I don't understand that, but give it a whirl. So when I said something to him like that, his dad never praised him, but would just criticize. And that he wanted his dad's approval and that he never got it, that he shut down feeling. He would say, I think so. And I would say, well, you played hockey. And he would go, I did. And I would say, and you also played soccer and you wrestled. And he'd go, I did and I did. So, okay. And then those solid affirmations would allow the other information to sit in. He would accept it and go, okay, I don't always understand what you're saying, but I'm going to accept it so that when I'm reading the book, I can go back and look at the withholding from a parent and read that book from that perspective. He goes, so I've got to go back and read that book again, don't I? Yeah. And just for clarification, we all do. Yes. So this isn't like a picking on this guy 
with a two-year-old emotional intelligence, this is no one gets to read those books quickly. No one gets to read them just once from one perspective. So happy that you've said that and that he came to understand that on his own without having to be told by the spirit world that he read it so fast because he was terrified. He was reading it so quickly because he was so desperate for some kind of understanding because all he felt was just this rage towards his wife. The marriage is ending. He's going to go through a separation. She doesn't want to be in it anymore. At 22 years old with a two-year-old, she's come to understand that she would like to start over. She doesn't want to be there for a number of reasons. So since I've talked to him, they've gotten worse in fighting. They've gotten worse in their relationship, even in how they're treating their daughter, the two of them. Key moment here, because the spirit guides come through and say, since she's decided she doesn't want to stay, his abusive behavior is escalating. Even though he's reading the book and he's starting to learn what they are, his behavior is getting worse. And I think that's important because when the guides say that, he goes, what? But I'm learning about it. Well, if you go back to Patricia Evans' podcast show, she says this only works if you're dealing with a rational human. Yeah. Yes. And that if you are the wife in this scenario, or the, the character, the role that the wife is in this one, that you can't win. You can't work through this because the other person is not a rational human being. Mm-hmm. And so equipping them with this knowledge just allows them to escalate on a level that they do in fact know what they're doing and they're going to do it even better slash worse. So this is another moment where he has to sit and face his own behavior. So I said, well, the guides are saying you read the book, that you've actually used the information then to now make things worse. And he goes, yeah, I have. And I said, and furthermore, you're, you've escalated it on her. Your self-abusing is even worse. Your sabotage mode is in high gear now. There's no way to come back from this. But now you're making the whole separation divorce situation worse. You're making your life a living hell. You're, you're, and I said this to him, you're a drama queen. And he looked at me and went, did you just call me a drama queen? Sat back in his chair and I said, yeah, but you have to remember Karen Sarlo doesn't give a shit if you're a drama queen. It's your spirit saying that you're a drama queen. This is from you to you, not my opinion of you. So if your spirit is saying that to you, instead of it being a criticism, it's a revelation. It's an opportunity and a moment. Do you want it, hun? And he goes, yeah. And I said, okay. So off we go into this session talking about how he's now also making sure that his daughter is suffering through this process. Because if he can make her cry, if he can upset her so that she goes back to her mom and ruins all of her time that she gets to spend with her mom, then he's happy. And that's the drama. And that's the cycle that he wants to continue. Hurt the daughter, hurt the mother. 
The goal is actually to hurt the mother. So he can't connect to the daughter, remember? So if I'm not connecting to my daughter, then it's okay to use her. And his guides say to him, is this who you want to be? Oh, I hope parents hear this. Is this who you want to be? Can you understand when she's 12 or 11 or 9 or 16 or 25 that she may not ever want to talk to you again? That she will cut you out of her life, possibly for the rest of her life, because of this, not just that you treated her mother badly, but you used her as a pawn. Exactly. Knowingly. Yeah, and then try to pretend that you're the good dad because you took her to the park or you're the good dad because you did, you paid for this, you provided the money or you picked her up or you did fill in the blank. And he goes, wow, you are brutal. And then he goes, uh, no, just a second, Karen. Wow, I'm an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was an awesome moment. Good for him. It was awesome because I get to see where he's just flipping switches. And that is the whole point to his sessions Mm -hmm. is to flip switches. Part of it through saying to him from his spirit truths and part of it from the energy healing that's occurring because he's consented to it. Mm -hmm. So this is Reiki. This is all of those other modalities in action, coupled with all of the other gifts. The rest of that session goes along in that vein, because he wants to be given examples of what he's done. He wants to actually hear it. And I think, Kelly, there was curiosity in his part to see if any of it was accurate. So he flips sometimes. He goes back to, is this for real? Can she actually know this? Did she just read a book? Is she actually just you know, watching a show where she's gone through this herself and she's just, you know, throwing shit at me now because I told her that I had an affair. She just an angry woman. Did this happen to her? Or is this a moment where she's actually going to give me real examples of what I've done and this is going to solidify in my mind that this is accurate, that this isn't just bullshit. So his spirit guides went through specific examples of some of the stuff that he's done to his daughter to ensure, like in a quick example, Kelly, not putting things that she needs in her school bag from his place to go to her mom's place for the weekend. So she'll cry when she misses her blanket. She won't get her toothbrush. She'll holding back her book, her favorite bedtime book, so that at bedtime, If she's now upset and cries, then that's going to ruin bedtime. That should have been a nice time for them. I'll keep the book. Or my wife will have to call me and ask me or she'll pick a fight with me and say, you know damn well that she needs that book to go to bed at night. Why did you not put it in the bag? You're doing it on purpose. No, I'm not. You can't prove that. And create an opportunity to fight. When he knows he did do it on purpose denies it on purpose, and then fights with her on purpose. So we went through some of those examples. He let me do it. And he would say to me at the end of an example, yes, that's correct. So he would just give me the yes, that's correct. At the end of the session, he says to me, I want to thank you for the examples. It helped me. 
He says, you've caught me. I wanted to know if I was getting caught. And I said, what? And he goes, yeah, I thought I got away with all of that. He says, and my wife, you know, can't prove it to me. Well, she can only fight with me. This is this is classic, literal two-year-old of testing boundaries with mom and dad. Totally. And looking at them sideways, like, am I going to get away with it or is there going to be repercussions? Which goes back to his dad and childhood and the abuse. Mm-hmm. So he's now really living out what his own father did to him. And he's doing it to his own child and his own partner. So his rage here comes out that he's angry with himself or starting to feel anger at himself and looks at me and goes, oh my God, you are opening up all of my anger that I feel at my father. And I said, yes, but now it's going to be very confused because your actions are the same. So instead of just being angry at one man, you're going to be angry at two. Angry that you've become him. Yeah. And I said, so we have to be very careful that we don't spiral into shame together. Or we won't get any work done. I love, and I'll point out that you're doing it, but I love that we continue to make it a collaborative experience. Yes. That we both refer to it as a we experience, referring to not just us, but the guides as well. Yeah. So I said to him, every time you go into your shame, as we continue to talk about this, I have to catch you. I have to feel the exact moment your emotion turns on. Because you live so much in the shame, so much in the anger, that that's what won't allow you to connect to your daughter and what didn't allow you to connect to your wife and didn't allow you to connect to all of the women you had sex with and won't ever allow you to connect to anybody. That's a bomb. And he went, well, hell, Karen then that means I'm just a cranky old man at 22. And I said, yes, honey, that's what that means. But the good news is, is at 22, when you are starting to identify these things, you have a whole life ahead of you to change every single one of them. And even if you only change it for a few minutes in a day, that's going to feel wonderful. You could be a whole new man by 30. Yeah, that's right. So that was the end of session two. Session three. So he calls for session three and he chooses FaceTime. So now we're sitting down face to face for our second opportunity. And he starts and says, well, he says, first of all, I got to start by saying something. When I first called you a while ago, a couple of months ago now, I didn't believe in this, but I trusted my friends. If you ever need a testimonial for your website... I'm your person. That's kind. And I said, why? He said, well, you tell me why. He says, you go right ahead, Karen. I'm going to go open. You tell me today why I've said this to you. And I said, okay, let me check in with your guides and we'll see how you're doing. So I pause again. I wait for the guides to come in and tell me. And they're saying that he's going back over Patricia's book, but he's actually writing notes. He's got doodle pads. He's got clipboards. He's carrying them in the car. He's bringing them to work with himself. He's got them in his apartment. And he's trying to figure out how to doodle this stuff like all over the place on post-it notes, chalkboards, like he's just, they're everywhere. (laughs) They're even in his car, his backpack, everything. 
So he's taken some of the key words and just put them someplace. Sometimes he's written a sentence out when he's stuck. Some And he's literally choosing to go through the book and highlight it and then extrapolate from it and put it right in front of his face. So he's got notes on his kitchen counter because it's one of the places that he goes and stands. He looks out the window over the sink when he's talking to his wife. This is his rub up spot. So he's put it right down some of the questions. Are you a drama queen today? What is your intention in speaking to your wife? What is your intention with your daughter? Do you want a relationship with her? He's written down things that are the core things so that when he's speaking to his wife, he can look down and go, hmm, if I'm hitting a trigger again and I, I want to hurt her, I want this, but I'm going to use my daughter. Do I actually want a relationship with her in the future or not? So he's put key things down in front of himself. And I said, oh, I said, you're actually working the book and extrapolating things from it. And he goes, yep, go on. And I said, you've stopped fighting with your wife. You're listening. You're using the voice recorder. They told you to use a voice recorder. You're using it now. And he goes, yep, I'm voice recording every conversation with her. And I go back and I listen to it. And I, I listen to what I'm saying. I listen to how I attack and how I destroy. How I bring up my daughter on purpose to hurt her. So when I see myself trying to hurt my daughter to get to my wife, I sit back and I just breathe. I remember, I don't want to hear this on the recorder, Karen. I don't want to hear this shit. And I said, is that what you say to yourself? He goes, oh yeah. He goes, I keep saying in my head, I don't want to hear this shit later. I don't want to have to figure out how to come back from this with her when she's 15. I don't want to have to apologize like my I wanted my dad to apologize. I still can't get a goddamn apology from my father, Karen. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he still can't get his apology from his own dad. And he's now trying to change his patterns with his own daughter. And because of that, he's changing his behaviors with his wife. So he says to me, what have you seen, Karen? And I said, well, the guides are saying that you're actually proceeding with the divorce and you're giving it to her, that you've called the lawyer, that you're not holding up any of the papers anymore. You've handed in your income. You've handed everything in. You're not, you're not stalling her anymore. You're giving everything to her that she needs to proceed to live her own life at 22. And he goes, yep. Rock on. Yeah. And he says, and I've told my mom that I'm going through this. He says it was part of what I was not telling my mom so that I didn't have to say what a shit I've been to mm -hmm. her daughter-in-law and her granddaughter. He goes, I've been lying to my mom. So that when my wife says this is what I'm doing to her granddaughter, I lie. So mom can defend me. Yeah. And she can be angry at her daughter-in-law and not back her up. But as a result, she's not backing up her granddaughter. So my daughter won't want to speak to her grandmother someday either because of me. He goes, so I'm getting it. He says, so I told my mom that I've lied to her. I've told my mom that I'm the one that had the affairs. I'm the one that shut down. I'm the one that's mad at my dad. I'm a mess. He says, I've had a good cry with my mom saying I'm a mess. And I said, sweetie, you've done fantastic. 
Mom, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I am. And I, I think I said it many years ago on your birthday that I just, I so admire you because of the work that you choose to do because you are a part of a thousand love stories. Mm. Because all I hear in this result is how he gets to love his ex-wife. He gets to love his daughter. He gets to love his mom. And consequently, all these people get to love one another in a much better and healthier way. Yeah. Oh, and his mom went off and told his siblings. She sat down with his siblings and said, this is what he's going through. He hasn't told us. This is what he's done. This is how he's behaved. He's lied. He's lied to all of us about her behavior. She has not done the things that he has said. He's the one that has had the affairs. He is the one that has done these things. We have all been mean to her. We have all been mean to my granddaughter, your niece, through all of this. Which enables all of them to treat this woman and her daughter differently, if they choose to. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everyone gets called to task. Everyone sits at their own choice point with how they want to move forward, mm-hmm. in alignment or out. Mm-hmm. So his third session, he called for to be able to have the spirit guides witness it. He said, you know, I called because I wanted to hear again that you knew. And I said, oh, I love that. I'm happy to do that for you. He said, well, this is quite a process for me. I've never heard of anything like this. He says, to be able to understand that what we do on earth is seen by something that's other than just me. He says, Karen, I thought I was getting away with all of this. And I said, how do you feel now? He says, well, I want to say that I feel so differently, but I feel like there's always somebody over my shoulder watching me now. And I said, could you call that your conscience? (laughs) And he goes, well, I could. He says, or I could just call it my spirit. And he says, so what I need to say to you is that I never thought this way. I never believed the spirit. I never believed the word. I never believed that there was anything outside my human experience. And now I'm realizing that because of some of those beliefs, I thought I was getting away with things. And he says, because I thought I was getting away with it, it didn't matter. And because it didn't matter, I didn't have to feel. Well, I think people automatically go to, therefore, I don't matter. Exactly. And that can make you angry. Yes. When you don't believe in something bigger than yourself as a human, what does anything matter? Kelly, you've done it beautifully. Because this comes right back down to him and his dad, Mm -hmm. where his dad says, you don't matter. So the whole thing in the third session comes full circle. This is three sessions. That's it. Where he sits there and says, okay, so I'm going to go on and I'm going to keep working and I'm going to keep checking in with you. And I said, really? He goes, well, I need to ask you, am I allowed to keep calling? Am I allowed to keep doing this? Or is this like I've overextended? I've had three calls with you. He goes, but it's changing me. He goes, I really feel changed. He goes, and I've I've met a new person. And I said, yes, but this time you're going slow. You haven't even had sex yet. And he goes, that's right. And by now, I absolutely would have had sex. I would have had sex the first time I met her. And he says, and I want to say something. I would have pushed sex on her for the very first time that I met her. 
to see if I could control her, to see if I could say, this is what I want. This is a battle. And if you don't give me what I want, then I'm not even going to have a second date with you. So, and he says, I've come to realize that that whole sex on the first date was my way of abusing. It was my way of controlling, my way of saying, you're going to do what I want. I'm setting the pattern forth. First time I meet you, I'm training you. He says, so I've come to realize what I've done. And he says, I'm sitting back and I'm not doing it. I'm talking to her. He goes, but the funniest thing is, is that she wants sex. And I'm the one saying no. He goes, is that normal? Is that okay for a guy to be the one to say no? Because I think guys are supposed to say yes, right? And I said, no, hon, guys can say no. It's not a female thing. Consent is a human thing. Yeah, but here's somebody who truly doesn't even know that. And that yeah. says something about our society. Mm. And so here he is saying, is it okay for me to say no? So we had a wonderful third session. And I'm waiting for the fourth. I'm excited for both of you. And the daughter. And the ex-wife. And the extended family. Oh my God, yeah. It's just, it's a complete ripple effect. Yeah, I think I want to add something before we we, we end I think you're allowed to. He ended up going to his brothers and sisters. With it when his mom was there. Like they had a family dinner. And... He sat down with his brothers and sisters and said, so I understand that mom told you that I'm having an affair. I've had sex with lots of women. I've treated my wife badly. I've treated my daughter badly. I've picked fights with my wife on purpose. I did things and left the book at grandma's house to say it was at grandma's house. So she couldn't be mad at me, but at grandma. So I pulled all of you in to my fighting. And he said, so I want to sit here today and say that I know better now and that I won't do it again. Yes. And you know what they said to him? We don't believe you. Fair enough. You don't deserve our trust. We've decided as a group, you have to earn it back. And he went, well, fuck. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, does that sound fair to you? And he said, absolutely. But boy, oh boy, did I feel the sting of that. He said, I literally cried. And they all cried with me. Mm -hmm. He said, they cried with me. But at the end of the cry, they said, this is a good cry, but you aren't getting an inch. We'll cry with you, but you still have to come back and prove it to us. This is now laying a foundation yeah. for other relationships. Yeah. Yeah. They're not just all forgiveness and love and come on in, sweetheart. And there's no expectations. And we're just going to, you know, all those cliche shit, right? Mm-hmm. No. They threw all the cliches out and said, you know what? Instead of stupid cliches. Show me. Yeah. We're going to actually build a foundation with you. And we're going to be your brothers and sisters that are going to do it. So dad didn't. But it's okay if we say we're all changing it. So the family's changing it. Well, Merry Christmas. Oh, my Lord. I hope everybody hears that and feels, yeah, that is one Merry Christmas for that family. Thank you. You're welcome. What a beautiful, beautiful story. Yeah. And boy, Kelly, I love it. I love helping him. I love giving him his affirmations because his affirmations create his foundation. They give him his new, healthier belief system. They contribute to it. Yeah. And you were talking about wonderful endings 
fantastic beginnings Mm -hmm. and illustrating what a real human struggle is when you get up and fall down and have to pick yourself back up again. Yeah. And that is life. That is what we're all doing. Yeah. Hopefully just with a little bit more kindness. Yeah. I watched um, a documentary on Navy SEALs and all of the things that they go through in their training and how incredibly horrifying their training is to me. And I mean total horrifying terror. Yeah. But I saw how each of them that wanted to be a Navy SEAL would go through their horror and their terror and learn a skill or learn a lesson about life. Mm-hmm. And they would extrapolate and put right up on the screen the lesson that they were learning in that. And the ones that quit didn't learn the lesson. Didn't learn the lesson. That's what the training was about. And I like how you've made a parallel that as much as a Navy SEAL could choose, you know, climbing a rope and doing jumping into the ocean with sharks or whatever, that some of us are not that brave. Some of us pick relationships. Some people pick a marriage or they pick parents that don't parent them. And we still have to say, I didn't get parented healthily, but I still need a toolkit. I still need other things. Oh, and and bravery is illustrated in so many different ways. Yeah. We pick our lessons in different ways. Yeah. Some of us get them gently and accept them and, and work hard in those moments, just as hard as the people who experience them in a rough, difficult way. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of my favorite people. Cool. He is because he's just doing his work. And that's yeah. what that's what I mean by somebody being one of my favorite people. He's not perfect. He's not all fun. He doesn't do a million sports or blah, blah. He's one of my favorite people based on the fact that he's just trying. Mm. And it's honest trying this time. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes, Merry Christmas. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, we hope you have a safe and happy holiday. We will be back with our last episode of Coffee with the Sarlos for 2018 on Saturday.